There is healing waiting for you in prayer. This message is the fifth in the series, Teach Us to Pray. The message is entitled, Heal Us, Part One. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. We're involved in a series of messages called Teach Us, Teach Us to Pray. And I want to talk this weekend about a, about a very important prayer that you and I need to learn how to pray. We're going to talk about the Heal Us prayer. Now, by the way, what I'm going to do this weekend, I'm going to actually break this, uh, this message into two parts. And today's message really is going to lay a foundation for how to pray the Heal Us prayer. And so I want you to be a real good student of God's Word this weekend. I'm going to give you a number of scriptures, a number of very important points that will lay a theological foundation for us to pray the way Jesus taught us to pray the Heal Us prayer. Now, this series, as I'm sharing with you, actually was prompted by a request that was made by one of Jesus' disciples. As Jesus had been praying one day, and this disciple had noticed him praying and came to him and said, as recorded in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, Lord, teach us to pray. Uh, John the Baptist has taught his disciples how to pray, but your prayers are different from any other prayers we've ever heard or any other folks we've ever seen praying. And Lord, we want to ask you to teach us as your disciples, how to pray. And Jesus responded to this very significant and very heartfelt request on the part of this disciple by giving us what we call the Lord's Prayer. Let me read this for you from Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Jesus now responding to the request, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Notice this, this is how the process you should, that is something that should be a part of your life. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Other translations say, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I would submit to you as we're studying this topic together, this idea of prayer, that perhaps there's nothing that is more perplexing to people at times than this whole call to and commitment to and process of prayer. A lot of people will say, you know, I don't even really know what prayer is all about. Maybe I, I do it from time to time. Many of us do the what we might call the 911 prayers. When we get in trouble, we tend to pray. But there are very few, actually very few Christian believers who've established a pattern of prayer in their life where they feel as though God is listening and God is really answering. And so we want to learn what it means to become people of prayer. And so we want to be like that disciple, Lord, teach us to pray. In fact, why don't you say that together with me right now? Lord, teach me to pray. Teach me how to pray and teach me the value of prayer. And I want to talk, as I said a few moments ago today, about this whole idea of praying a very specific kind of prayer. It is a prayer for healing. We've been unloading and unpacking a number of different prayers that Jesus includes in this very important model prayer that he gave to us. And we want to talk about the heal us prayer. Lord, bring us back to health and produce healing in our lives. And to really know how to pray the Heal Us Prayer, I think we have to begin to answer some very important theological questions, some biblical questions. 
Sometimes we even wonder, does God heal people today? And is it even worthwhile for me to ask God to heal me or to heal someone that is sick or hurting or broken in some way? And what should I expect when I pray for healing for myself or for someone else? And I think it's extremely important that before we learn the how to pray, we need to have a foundational understanding of how we are to approach the topic, the concept of healing prayer. And so, as I said a moment ago, I want you to be a student of God's Word this weekend. It's going to be a little different message, but I want you just to sort of dig in and be a Bible student with me for the next few moments. I'm going to give you some important principles, but also some very important passages that I believe will fill your heart with a sense of promise and an understanding of God's nature, God's character as a healer. I'm going to give you 12 things today to remember about God's healing process in people's lives, foundational truths. Number one, God reveals himself to us through his names. One of the names of God is Jehovah Rapha. I want you to say that name with me, Jehovah Rapha. The word Rapha is the Hebrew term for healing or restoration, or it's translated, I am the God who heals you. God reveals himself to us by his names. One of the ways that we know who God is is by knowing the names of God. God Almighty, Elohim, is one name, Jehovah, the I am that I am. And so there are many different names of God, and many of them are what we call the compound names of God. Jehovah added to it, Shalom, for example. I am the Lord who is your peace, Jehovah Nisi. I am the Lord who is your banner, Jehovah Rohi. I am the Lord who is your shepherd. So God reveals himself to us by his names. And one of the names that God gives us of himself, he identifies himself as Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you. Now, this goes all the way back to the time that the children of Israel had come out of Egypt. They'd been delivered in a tremendous way from bondage and slavery there for over 400 years. They'd been slaves in Egypt, and they come through the Red Sea. They're on the way to the Promised Land, and, and they find themselves in need of water. And the water they find themselves at is bitter, and it needs to be restored. It needs to be healed. And so there in that moment, God produces an amazing miracle. And then he gives them this promise. God speaks through Moses. He said, if you listen carefully, this is Exodus 15, 26. If you listen carefully to the Lord, your God and do what is right in his eyes. If you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. Notice this, for I am the Lord who heals you. There in the original language, the, the presentation of God's name, I am Jehovah Rapha, I am the Lord, your healer. So I want to lay that foundation that God actually tells us who he is as the Lord, our healer. That provides us a sense of confidence when we pray. Number two, God identifies himself as a healer very clearly in scripture as he produces healing in people's lives, not only through his name, but by his actions. Does Psalm 103, the first three verses, praise the Lord, O my soul, or my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals 
all your diseases. Now, there's not much controversy around the fact that God is a forgiving God, that God forgives us of our sins, but often there is controversy around the next statement, who heals all your diseases. But God says, I'm Jehovah Rapha, and I want to show you this is what I do, that by my actions, I not only identify myself to you by my name, but by what I do. I heal all your diseases. Psalm 147, verse 3, he, God heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. Number three, the third thing that you and I need to understand before we really get involved in praying this heal us prayers, we must understand that sickness any kind of pathology or sickness, according to scripture, is a consequence of living in a broken world. The world that we live in is not a healthy place. The world that we live in is filled with all kind of diseases and problems and challenges and pain that people experience in life. And the reason that is the case is because of, because of the presence of brokenness in our world, going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Notice what happens in Genesis 2, 16 and 17, where God speaks to Adam and Eve and reveals to them what happens when, when mankind goes away from God. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, notice this, you will surely or certainly die. God says that when you begin to move away from me, the world finds itself in a broken place. Death begins to be a part of the world's experience and the world's existence. And so pathology or sickness or brokenness is a part of us moving as human beings away from God, going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. James 1 verse 15, this is emphasized again. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin when it's full grown gives birth to what? To death. Death. So again, the brokenness of humanity. John 10, verse 10, Jesus himself said, the thief, the devil comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. The reason that sickness and brokenness exist in our world is because our world is a broken place. And that brokenness goes all the way back in time and humanity to Adam and Eve in the garden when they made the choice to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil rather than eating and partaking of, continuing to partake of the tree of life. We also see that God healed people in the Old Testament. Sometimes when people will say, well, you know what? How do we know that God is a healer? Well, we look at the examples of what God did, not just in the New Testament. We'll come to that in a moment. But we also see that God as the healer, as Jehovah Rapha, healed people all through the Bible, including in the Old Testament. In 2 Kings chapter 5, there's a story of a man by the name of Naaman. And Naaman was not even an Israelite. He was a Syrian. He was a commander. And he contracted this terrible disease of leprosy. And back during that time, there was no cure for leprosy. In fact, if you were a leper, you were isolated from community. And, and in essence, you had a death sentence over your life. But there was a little Israelite uh, young lady that was living in the home of the Syrian ruler as a servant to, to the Syrian ruler Naaman's wife. And this Israelite servant said to Naaman's wife, if Naaman would just go down to Israel, there's a man of God there, a man by the name of Elisha, a prophet of God. And if you'll go to Elisha, he will find that there's a God in Israel who brings about healing. And so eventually Naaman goes down and presents himself to Elisha. And Elisha tells Naaman to 
go and dip seven times in the Jordan River. After some protest, eventually Naaman goes in and dips himself in the, in the water in the, of the Jordan River. You can read about this again in 2 Kings chapter 5. And the scripture says in verse 14, so he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Here's a Syrian, highly placed ruler, commander, a military man, an intelligent man, but he puts his faith in the God of Israel, and he finds out that the God of Israel truly is who he says he is. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the God who heals. In 2 Kings chapter 20, there's another story of a king of Israel, king of Judah by the name of Hezekiah. And Hezekiah contracts an illness. In fact, Isaiah the prophet is sent to King Hezekiah and says, you need to get your house in order because you're going to die. And the Bible says that at that news, Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall, that is the wall of the temple, and he began to pray to God, asking God to heal him. God, I'm asking you to take this curse of sickness from my life and to bring healing to me. And then God speaks to, a lot, to Isaiah again and sends him back to Hezekiah and gives him this, these words, I've heard your prayers and seen your te tears, and I will heal you. God speaks now to the king. And in fact, the, the, the Bible teaches us that King Hezekiah had 15 years added to his life because he again met and experienced the God of healing. In his prayer, he found out that indeed God was Jehovah Rapha. Number five, scripture teaches us or contains examples of people praying for healing. We just looked at two examples of Naaman who asked the man of God to bring healing into his life. Of course, Elisha could not heal him, but Elisha connected him with the God of Israel who did heal Naaman. And we see in King Hezekiah, how he was healed in response to his prayer. Jeremiah actually sought God for healing. He prayed the prayer of healing in his life. Jeremiah 17 verse 14, heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me and I will be saved for you are the one I praise. Again, we often talk about God saving us and what a great thing to experience the salvation of God. Nothing like God saving our lives, saving our souls for eternity and saving us from the, the messes we find ourselves in, in our, in our everyday life and experiences. But God not only saves us, but, but actually Jeremiah says, Lord, I'm asking you to heal me as well. Not only save me, but I'm asking you to heal me. Psalm 30, 2 and 3, verses 2 and 3, the psalmist says, Lord, my God, I call to you for help and you healed me. What kind of help was he calling for? He was calling for the help of healing. I call to you for help and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead and you spared me from going down to the pit. The psalmist said, I learned, Lord, that when I cried out to you, when I asked you to heal me, you did that very thing. In fact, you rescued me. You brought me up from the realm of the dead. I was going down a pathway where my life was about to be over, but you spared me from the, the, the curse of sickness and death as I called upon your name. The sixth thing that I want to share with you today is this very important truth. You know it well, but I want to remind you of it also today. Jesus himself during his earthly ministry demonstrated over and over again his healing grace and his healing power. How many times do you see in the Bible 
in the New Testament, Jesus approaching someone that was sick and they're reaching out to him for healing. And Jesus' response was to touch them and bring them healing or to speak a word to them and bring them healing. Jesus is known as the great, not only the great teacher, but is known as the great healer and the great deliverer. He is, in fact, Jehovah Rapha. When Jesus was walking on this planet, on this on earth, he was God in flesh. Jehovah Rapha was among us. And because Jehovah Rapha was among us, healing happened in people's lives. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, the Bible says Jesus, uh, speaking of Jesus himself, Jesus, the Son of God, went throughout Galilee. That's the northern part of Israel. Went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. And notice this, healing every disease and sickness among the people. How much disease did he heal? Every. How much sickness did he heal? Every sickness, every disease, every sickness. So where Jesus would go and there was sickness, people would be healed. Where people would, where Jesus would go and there was disease, people would find themselves cured. You might recall the story of the man in John chapter 5 who had been by the pool of Bethesda and he'd suffered for 38 years with his paralysis. And, he, and Jesus said, do you want to get well? And there in that moment, Jesus spoke the word and asked him to rise and take his bed and walk. And here's this man who for almost four decades found healing. Why? Because Jehovah Rapha was walking among us. He was on this planet and demonstrating what God came to do. He came to bring healing to you and me. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, the Bible speaks of the ministry of Jesus, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and what's the next word there? Healing. Circle it, underline it, underscore it in your mind and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. When Jesus was on earth, he went about healing, delivering, bringing freedom and bringing restoration and driving disease out. Why? Because again, as I said a moment ago, he is Jehovah Rapha among us. Number seven, very important to understand as well is that Jesus is, is the one who went to the cross and suffered and died for our healing. When we think about Jesus dying on the cross, we, we talk about the fact that he died for the sins of the world. And that's in fact what he did. He, he paid the price for our sins. He paid the price for our transgressions and iniquities. But he also did more than just pay the price for our sins. He paid the price for our healing so that we could be healed and so that we could be restored spirit, soul, and body. And notice in Isaiah 53, verse 5, as the prophet Isaiah is talking about the great work of Jesus and his atoning work, as his work on the cross, it says, but he, Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And then notice this last statement that he gives us in verse 5, and by his wounds, or one translation says, by his stripes, we are healed. Isaiah says you have to understand prophetically who Jesus is and what he came to do. He was pierced for our transgressions. Yes, he was crushed for our iniquities. He took the punishment that brought us peace, and he was, he was wounded so that we could be healed. You might say, well, yeah, that's just the Old Testament, Pastor. That's Isaiah. 
But what about the New Testament? Notice 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. The apostle Peter reaches into the principles of the Old Testament of the prophet Isaiah and brings it into New Testament time, the time that you and I live in. And it says of Jesus again, this is the New Testament, 1 Peter 2, verse 24. He, Jesus himself, bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds you have been healed. I think it's an, a very appropriate time for us just to take a moment and say, thank you, Lord, for your healing grace that when you went to the cross, it was not just only for our, our forgiveness. Thank God for that. Thank God for our forgiveness. But it was also for our healing that you were wounded so that we could be healed, that you took our wounds upon yourself so that healing could come to our lives. The eighth thing I want to remind you of today is this. The early church after the day of Pentecost, when they were empowered by the Holy Spirit, the early church ministered healing in Jesus' name. You see them demonstrating this over and over again. Acts chapter 3 is a great example of what happened. Peter and John are on the way to the temple to pray. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And as they're approaching the temple at the gate beautiful, there's a man that's lying there who is, is, who is paralyzed. He's been there for many, many years. We don't know the exact story of this man, but we know that this would, been, would have been the custom of his life to go and beg for money every day at the temple, asking for alms. Someone give me something to sustain my life. And so here's this man lying lying at the gate beautiful, and he looks up at Peter and John, and he's wanting them to give him some money, to give him something that will sustain his life. Now, notice what happens here in the story. Here's Peter and John filled with the Holy Spirit. They're now leading the church, the early church, as we see in the book of Acts. And it says, then Peter said, he's speaking to this man, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. And of course, the Bible says he went walking and leaping and praising God. And everyone was astonished to see this, this tremendous miracle that had happened in the name of Jesus. And notice what happens here. Peter and John say, silver and gold we don't have. It's not about giving you some money. I don't want to just sustain you in your sickness. No, there's someone here that can lift you out of your sickness. In the name of Jesus, what I do have, I give you. I have faith in the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And there in that moment, the man received far more than just a little sustenance for the day. He received healing for his life and for his future. And this is the activity, the ministry of the New Testament. In Acts chapter 9, again, we see Peter engaged in one of these miracles. It's again, it's after Jesus has, has risen from the grave and ascended back to the right hand of God the Father and the Holy Spirit has been outpoured upon the church. And notice what happens here in Acts chapter 9. As Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydda. Lydda. There he found a man, Aeneas, who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat. Immediately Aeneas got up. All those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Here, Peter comes upon a man, Aeneas, who is now suffering again. He's been bedridden for eight years, almost an entire decade, not able to function in his body. And here is Peter saying to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Well, Jesus Christ, the resurrected and ascended Lord, 
Jehovah Rapha was still active in the early church healing. So healing is not something that was just reserved for the time of Jesus. It's something that Jesus continues to do in people's lives today. That's what we learn from this particular aspect of the book of Acts. It's something that God does in people's lives. Number nine, are you getting these principles? Again, we're Bible students today. I'm laying out the foundation next weekend. I'm going to talk to you about how to pray for healing, but you can't really pray effectively unless you have a faith to pray. And so I'm building your faith this weekend by taking you to scriptures to understand what the Bible says about God, the God of healing. Number nine, the Holy Spirit is one who grants healing gifts to his church. And there's healing gifts that are imparted by the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians 12 verse nine says to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit. And so there are gifts that are given to the church, the gifts of healing that are that transpire through the ministry of the body of Christ. How many times has God used another person to pray for someone that was sick and a gift of healing was released in that moment as this, this believer prayed for a sick believer, a broken believer, someone or a person who was ailing in some way that that gift of healing by the Holy Spirit operated through their lives and restoration and healing came. Number 10, we have three more to go here. So stay with me for the next few moments. Three more to go. Heaven is a place of health and healing. I want you to see for a moment, let's just leave earth for a little bit. We've been down on earth for the last nine points. Let's kind of move from earth to heaven just for a minute. So let's get a heavenly view. Let's see what's going on up there, wherever there is, but it's a real place because Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. So heaven is a real place. So what is happening in heaven? What is the reality of heaven when it comes to healing? And Revelation 21 verse four, we're brought into this experience of the apostle John as he sees into the heavenly realms and gains this revelation of what life is going to be like in the end times and after Jesus comes back again and sets up his kingdom. And the Bible says in Revelation, Revelation 21 verse 4, that at that time, he, Jesus, will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. What I want you to know today is that in heaven, there's, all, there's healing that operates there. There's a reason for that because Jehovah Rapha is there. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no sorrow. There's no pain there. In fact, if you have loved ones who've died in some kind of sickness, you need to know that when they left here to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And the Bible teaches us that when you and I enter into the presence of God, there's immediate healing that comes to us. The, the hurting, the, the pain, the disease that we may suffer with, with here on earth is completely healed in heaven. No sickness, no sorrow, no crying, no pain. Revelation 22, 1 and 2. Listen again. We're in heaven. So we've left earth. We're now in heaven. We're seeing what's going on in that realm. Verse 1 says, Then the angel showed me, John the apostle says, showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves, notice this, the leaves of the tree are for the healing, notice that, are for the healing of the nations. The tree of life in heaven is now bringing health and healing to those who are making their abode there because of relationship with Jesus Christ. Number 11, Jesus taught us to pray for heaven to come to earth, which most certainly includes healing. 
I read it a moment ago and as we were talking about the Lord's Prayer, and let me take you back to verse 10. This is the theme of really the verse that we're talking about as a part of our model prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Where? On earth as it is where? In heaven. Now, what did we just learn about heaven? We just we were just trans, translated for a moment into the heavenly realms, and the Bible says that in heaven there's no sickness, there's no sorrow, there's no crying, no pain. The Bible says that in heaven there's the, there's the tree of life, and the leaves are for the healing of the nations. And so we see that in heaven there's health, and there's healing, and there's wholeness. And so Jesus taught us to pray that the kingdom of God that's in heaven, your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. So why would Jesus teach us to pray that prayer? Because God wants to bring, please listen, God wants to bring his heaven down into your earth. And in bringing his heaven down into your earth, it includes healing for your life, healing for your spirit, healing for your soul, and yes, even healing for the physical body. He is a God who is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. And then the final thing that I want to uh, wrap up with today is this. The Apostle John made it clear that God has a desire that each of us would experience health in our lives. Third John chapter one, verse number two. Beloved, here's a prayer. I pray. Notice this. It's a prayer. What are we talking about in this series? We're talking about prayer. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in, what's that next word? In health just as your soul prospers. John the apostle, apostle in writing to these believers and to us as well, because the scripture has been given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit for you and me, and it reveals the heart of God. And John is praying, says, beloved loved ones of God, I'm praying this for you, that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And what I've done for you today is I've laid out 12 theological, biblical foundations for understanding that our God is a healing God. Before we start praying for healing, we have to understand who God is and have confidence and faith in God's nature and in God's character and that God does respond to prayers for healing. Now, I'm going to say something very important as well right now, and then we'll get more into this next weekend, so don't miss uh, next weekend's message. While God is the God of healing, we should never, as human beings, try to set the conditions for God's healing. See, he heals, but it's not up to us to set the conditions. God, when he heals, he may, as we pray, he may heal now. In fact, there are many stories that we have, and I know people who've been miraculously healed in a moment, right now, in an instant, a miracle of healing happens. I've known people who pray for healing, and, and they experience a process of healing. It happened over a period of time, or it happened over a later at a later time in their lives. But by process, they experience healing, spirit, soul, or body. And so God sometimes heals you right there in the moment. There's an instant, miraculous healing. Sometimes there is a process of healing, and some folks are healed in eternity. It's not happening here on earth, but it will happen for eternity. He is the sovereign. He is the all-wise God. So while we are encouraged to pray for healing, we should always trust God's ways, God's thoughts, and God's ways. Notice Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts, God says, are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. How should we pray for healing? Should we pray for healing? Absolutely. 
whether you're sick in your life in terms of your spirit being sick or diseased or broken in some way, brokenhearted, your soul is broken, your emotions, or you're suffering from something in your body, yes, it's very appropriate to pray the prayer of healing, to ask God, heal me, heal us, O oh God. A very appropriate prayer to pray. It's all through the pages of Scripture, leaving the response to God in whichever way and whatever way he decides to respond in his sovereign will and guidance and plan, whether it be an instantaneous miracle that happens in your life or a process that he leads you through or something that is not, is not concluded in this life but is in con concluded in the life that is to come. But here again is what John said, I'm praying that you may enjoy good health, that it may go well with you, that you may be in health even as your soul prospers. That is the plan of God for you and me. It's clear, it's very clear that healing and health is a part of God's loving and redemptive plan for us. Therefore, it is something that is very appropriate to pray for. And next weekend, as I said a moment ago, we're going to learn how to pray more specifically for healing, the kind of prayers that produce healing either now, later, or eternally in your life. And I don't want you to miss the time that we share together next weekend. But again, laying the foundation. Go back and study these passages this week. Be a good Bible student. Take some time and look these verses up and go back and study them and let them get deep inside of you. Let them become promises that you hold on to because I, I assure you it will enable you to pray more effectively and confidently for healing in your life and in the lives of those around you that need your prayers. Would you join me as we pray together? Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have this weekend to have studied your word. We're grateful that you've laid out very clearly in scripture that you're Jehovah Rapha, that you're the Lord who is our healer. And Jesus, you demonstrated that all throughout your earthly ministry and you demonstrated it through your church in the early church and throughout, throughout the ages. You've demonstrated your healing grace and your healing power. Lord, I pray that as we're engaging in this study together that you'll teach us how to pray the heal us prayer and to pray it with faith and confidence, knowing that when we pray, Lord, that we can expect a miracle either now or a process of miracle healing in our lives or an ultimate healing in our lives for eternity. But Lord, we know that you respond when, when we pray the heal us prayer. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus, I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.